Welcome to the Uncanny Adventures podcast. And we should be live. Hey, Twitch. Welcome back to Uncanny Adventures. This is a Call of Cthulhu one shot. We're going to be playing through The Haunting, which is a classic Call of Cthulhu scenario. From what I'm told, it's basically been in pretty much every incarnation of Cthulhu since the beginning. And we're going to go through it today and see how our investigators do. Speaking of our investigators, look, I had volunteers who wanted to come and play Cthulhu. You're so Crazy, brave. Right? I don't know what I was thinking. I should have ran away while I still had it. Two of them have done this before and came back. Uh, but we're going to go around and have them say hello and introduce their characters. And then we're going to jump in and kind of find out how they all know each other and uh, get started with this little one shot and see where things go from here. So I'm going to go by way of who's on my screen, and I'm going to start with Andy. Hey, um, my name is Andy. Uh, I am playing Cecil Thomas, PhD. He is a um, an acting professor at the American Laboratory Theater up in uh, New York City. He is, um, give you a description of him. He will insist the, uh, he is average height, but he is a very small man who loves fight choreography. <laughs> Outstanding. And how about Reen? So, um, just that fast, I forgot the first name that we came up with. I know it was Meriwether Coraline. Coraline! That was it, Coraline. So, I am Fairy Reen. You can find me there on Twitter and Twitch and Geeky Bugbear. And tonight I'll be Coraline Meriwether. I'm a journalist and I'm sure to get down to business and find out the real deal. Outstanding. And Brooke. Hi, my name is Theater Nerd. Um, I am playing some name that I randomly generated. Um, <laughs> she is a also a journalist. What do we go with? Lavinia Queen. Mm. Um, That's quite a byline right there. What? Oh, yeah. Your name. It looks good on a byline. Yeah. Yep. Her. her her family doesn't appreciate the fact that she's a journalist and runs around, you know, snooping in things that she maybe shouldn't, but she is, and I'm excited to be back. It's going to be weird only having one Monday night show for the rest of for the foreseeable future, but I'm glad to be here. Mm, well, I'm glad to have you. And Scott. Hi, I'm Scotty. You might know me as Scotty Hood on Twitter and Twitch and YouTube. I'm going to be playing Private P.I. Benjamin Waka. Down in, down in the dumps, looking for some more. Excellent. And so we're playing this Call of Cthulhu scenario. Oh, and also I am playing, uh, the players cannot hear it, but those listening can in Twitch. Uh, I've got Sirenscape playing in the background. So Sirenscape is very good for RPG sounds and music and things like that. So if you're looking for sounds for your game, Check them out. So they're playing in the background. I'm like, I got some creepiness going on. Um, but so as you all know, this is 1922 Boston, Massachusetts. You all live and work in the city of Boston. And uh, somehow you've all been contacted or gotten a hold of each other as there is a landlord in the area who is looking for someone to look into an old house that he inherited recently. He'd like to rent it out. The problem is there's been some strange happenings inside this house and he can't keep anybody in it. And now he can't even get anyone to rent it. So he would probably contact Mr. Benjamin Walker first. The question is Benjamin and the rest of the group, um, how would you all know each other and maybe get involved in a case like this together? And that is the question of the night, ma'am. <laughs> Now, you see, I've been on a few little investigations of my own. Most of them small, you know, little Susie lost her cat up in the tree. Stuff like that. But some of them get a little bigger and get to know a few people, you know. See a few journalists there. Maybe get some names written down. Then I do not, I do not know how I'm going to get a pugilist character tied in with Benjamin. But how, how, how do you think... You would have run into a um, a poor private investigator. He's the stereotypical. He smokes and he he lives in his um, 
PI department. It's like all one thing. Super poor. Hmm. I was going to say, I don't know if I, um, I don't know if uh, Cecil will have known necessarily Benjamin, but I feel like uh, Cecil will probably have some sort of connection with at least uh, uh, Coraline, given that uh, she is a journalist and um, he's, he's all about publicity. He tries. He tries very hard to um, get further publicity for various uh, performances, but uh, he's not that great. <laughs> and now you all also could have some connection to the landlord, Mr. Knott, who uh, is the current owner of the property. If you wanted to be some kind of friend of his, that he brought you in to sort of keep an eye on this situation for him. That's perfectly fine as well. So I think Lavinia is more of an investigative journalist. Um, and I also don't think she's all that new in her. She, I don't think she's been in town all that long. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I think she probably has connections to the landlord. Okay. So you maybe are working as his representative in this situation when he brings Benjamin and his associates on? Correct. And perhaps, perhaps, darling, I knew you from the investigative things. I was letting you know about the beat in the area. You know, one journalist to another, we have to, you know, share resources. And through there, maybe you met Mr. Walker because he's one of my contacts that helps me know what's happening on the city side because they usually know what's going down first. Sounds good. All right. So maybe I've seen Professor Cecil in a show? Question mark. Probably. Hmm. Uh, I was gonna say anything, anything Shakespearean, anything with obnoxiously complicated um, uh, stage sword fighting, because that so is Shakespeare. <laughs> so Shakespeare, or like the classics, like Cyrano de Bergerac. Precisely. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, the next question I have is, where is this meeting with Mr. Knott going to take place? Would you all meet at Benjamin's small studio apartment, a local coffee shop, maybe the doctor's office? What do you all think? Probably a coffee shop, I guess. Mm -hmm. All right. So little by little, each of you shows up to this coffee shop, says your well-to-dos to those that know each other. Lavinia, you come in with Mr. Knott, Mr. Stephen Knott it is, who's a somewhat well-to-do, kind of tall, lanky, uh, sort of nervous gentleman. Uh, he strolls over with his cup of tea because he doesn't do coffee. It gets on the nerves. Sits down and says, oh, thank you so much for all of you for coming. Uh, this is quite the, uh, the predicament that I found myself in. I need to rent or sell this property and I just can't get anyone to take it off my hands. So, I need your help. Let me Hold ask on. you a question. Have you heard of the Corbett House? Have we? Um, you probably have not. I probably have not, sir. Ah. Can't say that it rings well. Well, I inherited it from my father, God rest his soul. And, I mean, I knew he had some issues with it, but I wasn't much for the real estate until now. But the last family that my father rented the property to, the former tenants, they were called the Macariel family. Apparently, there was a series of tragedies that befell them. And I need to understand exactly what these tragedies were and how they came about. So, I would like you all to take some time, dig into previous residents of the property, perhaps, find out more information about what's going on and if there's a further history to the property. And also go and inspect the property itself. I've uh, I've not had an opportunity to, to handle that myself at this point. I'll pay you. And he slides a $25 advance out on the table. Here's the keys to the house. And he takes a piece of paper and puts it down. And this is the address. Uh, well, I do like a gentleman that, you know, pays up front. 
Well, just in case expenses and slide the money and the keys towards us. (laughs) You know, just in case of upfront expenses. If you take care of this, there's a a sum at the back end of this for all of you. But um, yeah, I just need to know a little more about it. You know, history wise, uh, any any other things going on with it, things like that. So whatever you can find out, uh, it would just really help out. And then just, you know, take a look at it. Make sure nobody's squatting inside. I mean, maybe somebody's trying to was trying to set up my father and now me. I don't know. When you say tragedies befell this Macario family, what sort of tragedies are we talking about here? Did they go bankrupt? Or are we just talking deaths or um, murder? Or? I don't know too many specifics. I, I just know from at one point the there was a husband, a wife, and some kids. Uh, at one point, the husband had to leave uh, some kind of medical emergencies or things like that. The wife and the kids stayed on for a while, my dad told me, but eventually the mom had something happen and i guess the two kids got shipped off somewhere family members or something i haven't heard anything about them since Mm. we definitely should look into that well i appreciate it it's uh i just i have a busy schedule and i don't have time to to deal with all the ins and out of this on my own but i would like to be kept informed if uh whatever you're coming up against discovering my phone number's at the bottom of the paper there where the address is now, you said they were former residents at this residence. Mm. Who might they be? Oh, well, the, the last ones I know were the were the, the Macario family. But, I mean, they moved in about four years ago. And I believe uh, the mother and the kids were gone within, I don't know, the last year and a half or so, maybe a little bit sooner, before my father passed. Uh, but it was vacant when I inherited it. Ah, Interesting. Had it been vacant a long time? I mean, uh, looking at my father's paperwork, he wasn't very good with records. I would say at least maybe eight months to a year that they were gone. Okay. Well, that helps at least, you know, gives us a ballpark to look at. Yeah. I mean, uh, I I would guess, you know, maybe my, I'm sure my dad had to file something with like the, the records department or, you know, they the library might have information on the property or anything like that. So... That'd be my guess. Well, I'm sure Lavinia and I can find something, don't you think, dear? I think we can. Who knows? And uh, you know, I I I think too. They they sometimes put records in the newspaper for sale. So if you could find uh sales things like that, then uh I would uh you know appreciate to know some of the history of how it exchanged hands. Very good. Perhaps there's perhaps there's a lead on these. Finding these kids, seeing what what happened. We'll have to. Uh, I mean, sure. If you can find out what happened to the kids, I'd appreciate it. And also appreciate Katie donating. Uh, I get three successes, and Andy, you have an advantage. <laughs> so, make a note that you have a uh, to use during the game, and that will give you an advantage mm-hmm. die when you roll for something, which helps with your level of success. Thank you very much, Katie. Thank oh. you, Katie. Oh, everyone gets a success. Katie fixed it. Uh, so yeah, so everyone make a note. You have one, uh, one. Let's see. Hang on. I'm right. I'm writing it down. Yep. Quite literally. I'm being a note card junkie. That's my jam. Note cards are amazing. <laughs> All right. So everybody gets success. I get three, and Andy has an advantage. All right, so... Thanks thanks for spelling our doom, Katie. I appreciate it. (laughs) Right? Mm, This Katie's coffee ain't too bad. Mm. (laughs) As as Katie smiles from the counter and just waves. Looks at at camera. Ding! (laughs) Mr. Knott stands up. He says, as I said, just keep me informed as you go on if uh, anything else should arise or if I can provide any further information. And you all have a nice day and good luck with your uh, search. Also, as he stops and turns, he goes, you know, speed is of the essence. I'm losing money every day, let me tell you. You have a good day too, Mr. Knott. Thank you very much, Mr. Walker. As I pull out a... um, um a self-rolled tobacco cigarette and get out a match. 
he strolls from the coffee shop, leaving the group of you sitting around the table. Well, that was most unusual and unexpected. But I'm going to expect that when you're involved, Mr. Walker. At this point, everything's unexpected. Well, where do you think we should go? I'm headed to the library. I'm absolutely on board with that. Library might be a good place to start, or uh, maybe uh, City Hall for some uh, records regarding the uh, property itself. I was thinking City Hall for that, and maybe seeing where where the heck these kids went, because the father went away, and then the mother passed away. But where are the kids? They must have other family. Well, we can check the library for whatever these tragedies may be, and maybe the history of the place, as well as what other Lavinia can think of. They're very good with, you know, their investigative skills. And y'all hit there, and we can meet back up. I like Sound- the sound of that. Sounds good. Very good. Have you seen the new section that they added Lavinia at the library? <laughs> Just sharing the information as we're making our way. Excellent. So Lavinia and Caroline make their way to the central library while Benjamin and Dr. Thomas make their way to the Hall of Records. Yep. All right. Which pair would like to go first at their location? As you probably hop on the uh, the trolley and head off. We can start at the library. Okay. All right. So. Ding, ding. Our trolley. The central library, <laughs> which is probably very familiar to both of you, as you have probably been here many a time, uh, sits. It's a, you know, nice old building, great architecture. You walk in, you get that fresh scent of books just as you walk in. like, And that quiet din where you could just hear a pin drop. As it's nice, silent, you see the librarian at the counter, very stoic, paying attention, watching for anyone making noise or getting out of hand, helping various people with information. And you all sort of look around. You look down at the paper that you were given with the address, the name of the house, and you kind of look around and, and think about where, where will you get started in here kind of searching? And so... I need you both to roll library use checks as you start searching the stacks through. I am now like wrecking my brain going, the Dewey Decimal System, when was that invented? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> you, you go right over to the card catalog and start. Right? Okay. Now, when I roll this, because I'm not familiar with the die on this, do I roll the black one or the green one? Roll the green one. Don't be like me. I like that, Brooke. Don't be like me. Okay. I, I should know. I just got done playing the game in Roll20. But, it's you know. true. All right. So you both kind of spread out a little bit, start looking around, going through the cat card catalog, maybe stop to ask the uh, librarian a few questions. It was and- 1876, so it's in, in use now. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. I had a feeling it was 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking a bit. And... Lavinia, you are the first to come across uh, some information that looks like it points to this house that you're talking about. And it's because a name comes up. Mr. Walter Corbett. Um, it, it looks like it's a, sort of a record of a sale to him. Uh, it lists a property built in 1835. Uh, it says something about a murder. the last name? Sorry. Corbett. It's C-O-R-B-I-T-T. Um, there is a note about a house built by a merchant. Um, but then there's some notes about the builder falling ill after moving into the house and shortly after selling it to Mr. Walter Corbett, Esquire. Meanwhile, Coraline, you're looking through and you actually come across some, uh, they look like maybe old legal records. And you kind of flip through and you also come across the name Walter Corbett in them. But these records are from 1852. It looks like Mr. Corbett had a, a suit brought against him by his neighbors. They actually sued him 
Um, apparently the petition was trying to force him to leave the area where the house was located. Uh, there's, there's not a lot of information here. Uh, just a line that says, in consequence of his serious habits and unauspicious demeanor as the reason for the suit. Mysterious habits and auspicious demeanor. Hmm. You think maybe he was into some of that occultish stuff and offended someone? You know, because I've got this neighbor and she gets very offended when my sage burns. Hmm. I mean, it's possible. I mean, what kind of behavior would be like that we're gonna have to keep looking so you spend uh probably a couple of hours looking and finding those first things if you want to keep looking you can spend a little more time you'll both have to roll another library use check to try to see if you can dig deeper into these little hints of information you found let's do it mm -hmm. better mm. than the first time excellent so following the trail of this lawsuit from 1852 you both come across uh, a little more information. Uh, looks like Corbett eventually won that initial lawsuit. Uh, you actually find a copy of his obituary, which is from 1866. Uh, apparently, according to the obituary anyway, he looked. it looks like he still lived in the house. The address on the obituary matches the address that you have. So it looks like the neighbors were unable to force him from the property. Um, you also- <laughs> the neighbors didn't win, how about that? But you do see, uh, along with the obituary, that they tried to file another lawsuit. This one, it looks like, was to prevent Mr. Corbett from having himself buried on the property, specifically in the basement, because his will stated that that was his dying wish. And the, the neighbors were fighting to, to get him off the property, at least in death, if they couldn't get him out in life. But searching through at this point, like you go through a few more records and stuff, you can't find whether or not they were successful in the second lawsuit. There's no further trail after that here in, in the library. And there's no mention of like who those neighbors were. Do we know who fought, filed the lawsuit? There is nothing specific about who filed it. There's just the general like listings of that there was one and the basic reasons for it but nothing specific the actual the, these don't look like the actual like full-fledged court records that would give you all that information those would probably be kept somewhere like the courthouse or the police station or county clerk or mm. yeah truth you know i think we may have discovered a little bit of that mysterious and auspicious behavior requesting to be buried in his basement that's most peculiar indeed, even for around here. I mean, it, it's presumable. Oh no, this house isn't old enough. Never mind. I was gonna say it's presumable his whole family is buried there, and then she stops for a moment and goes, "Just kidding." Or the house isn't old enough for that, right? But I mean, you know, I mean, there's still family properties and things that people do such, but in the basement. Hmm. Mm. I think it's a case of nosy neighbors, if you want to know what I think. It's definitely some of that. That I mean, why would you be so upset even after death to want this man gone so much? I mean, that's just, it's peculiar. The church I'm, has a lot to do with that. Well, they well could be. We'll just have to wait and see what we find out. You think we should head back to them and see if they found anything more? Yeah, we never saw set a meeting place. We'll assume smart. it's that coffee shop, maybe. Yeah. You know, I'm good for the coffee shop. Have you tried their muffins? They're so good. <laughs> Let's just head back to the coffee shop and and hope they get the magic telepathic method message mm -hmm. to meet us there. <laughs> That's sound logic. Mm. I like it. I I hope we don't. That might be a sanity check. Mm. <laughs> right? I didn't even think about that, that that's a thing, right? So as as the reporters uh, head out of the library, you can hear your footfalls echo in the quiet of the library. The scene swipes over to 
Cecil and Benjamin as you're heading off to the Hall of Records. Yep. And it's uh, you actually sort of split up from each other kind of close because all of these like big, you know, like municipal type buildings sort of fall in kind of the same area. So the two of you sort of walk up the street and enter into the Hall of Records. It's it's early still. You probably met for coffee a little before 10 and you sort of make your way inside and a clerk at the desk sort of looks up as you're coming in and says, uh, um, good morning. Can I help you? Uh, yes, we're looking for, uh, well, I'm looking for some uh, property records of a nearby house. Just seeing if we can uh, take a look and see. Oh, property records. Um, sure, absolutely. Uh, if you just um, go down this hallway, uh, property records, uh, let me see that address. You go down the hallway, it's the fourth door on the left. Everything should be filed by address inside, um, so it shouldn't be too hard to find it. If you need help, you can just come back and I can I can assist you. Otherwise, uh, you should be good to go. If don't don't take anything out of the building. Um, if you need to copy something down, we we can provide paper, ink, things like that. Otherwise, everything's got to stay here. Understandable. All right. Yeah. Well, yes. Max, curious. You keep newspaper records here, correct? Um, not not as much. Um, the. The library probably has more. I mean, we have some records for newspapers, the library, or um, even the the newspapers themselves tend to keep a lot of their paperwork like that on file in the in their own um, filing system. Like the Boston Globe has, a, I, I believe, a whole space dedicated to past articles and things like that that they keep on site. Good to know. We could head there next, maybe. Oh, okay. We don't find anything here. Well, just let me know if you need any help. Will do. Right. Thank you, ma'am. You're welcome. Tip, tips the fedora and it's off. And the two of you walk down the hall, uh, get to this door, open it up, and you in indeed find like a room full of filing cabinets and drawers. Uh, they do have the little identifiers on the front with listings by street address. Uh, I need you both to make me library use rolls as well as you start searching through here to try and locate this Corbett House address. Oh, so close. Scotty, oh, I think you, I think you wrote it. language. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Where's that? Right. Oh, there we go. Hey, look there at that. There you go. You didn't even have to spend any luck. Nope. Which, speaking of, since it came up, and I know that Reen is new to the game as well, if you roll in Cthulhu and you get very close to succeeding, but don't, you have luck. You can spend your luck. I don't know how much how much luck does Coraline Merriweather have right now. What's your luck at? It was hold on, I've got it. Um, it was on the right hand side. I think it was. Yeah, fifty five left okay. hand side. So you so you. Coraline, start with 55 luck. Now, at times, I, as the keeper, might call for a luck roll. Like, if you say, oh, can I find, like, a flashlight somewhere nearby and I need it in a pinch, roll a luck roll. You roll and succeed, you find the flashlight. You don't succeed, oh, no, there's no flashlight here. But you can gotcha. spend that to make other rolls successful. So, but the thing is, as you spend it, your luck goes down. So at yeah. some point, you, I might call for a luck roll and you may have spent enough where it actually affects that you don't succeed a luck roll. You're kind and of tempting the fates. You don't get those back ever. No, they when they're right. gone, they're yeah. gone. But it's a one shot, so you know, luck. <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. Yes, okay. you cannot spend luck on sanity checks. Good to know. That is or the only thing because sanity checks are simply oh crap. <laughs> so, all right. So we both we have two hard successes. So. Between the two of you, you both have various skills in finding information, um, and you both quickly come across some court records that are that are stowed here, and they're under the name of Walter Corbett. Walter Corbett, eh? You find his last will and testament, and in fact, do see where he has requested to be buried in the basement of the house. Listed address, the same as the one you're looking for. His executor, 
appears to be a man named Reverend Michael Thomas. He is listed as pastor of the Chapel of Contemplation and Church of Our Lord, Granter of Secrets. That is one mouthful of a name. It is. <laughs> ah, I see it's one of these nut jobs, eh? Mm. As you're looking at this and you see the name Chapel of Contemplation, Cecil, your eyes sort of fall on kind of a folder, sort of a few folders back in this same draw. And it has that that title on it. You're like, oh, you kind of draw that out and take a look. And you see that it's a notice of closure for the Chapel of Contemplation. It appears the chapel was closed sometime in 1912. Hmm. Let's see for a reason of closure. Was it condemned? Hmm. Looking around, as you say that, you and Benjamin both notice a different filing cabinet. It looks like it's more to do with religious establishments. Sort of go over there and quickly peek through to see if you can find anything else. And you come across a little more information. The Chapel of Contemplation is actually listed in a criminal court record that's here. Uh, it appears that this record references some kind of court action taken against the chapel in 1912. The actual records aren't with this. It looks like they, they aren't filed here. You think you're probably going to have to go maybe to the police station or courthouse in order to find these. But it looks like there was definitely some sort of activity between the chapel and the police 10 years ago. And the chapel was closed very shortly after that activity. Hmm. Getting interesting. How's the lighting in here? Uh, it's kind of dim. It's like got a, a bulb, but it's, you know, like the pole light, you know. Is, is, there any way, is there any way I could get some good daylight on these papers? You could take them out into the hallway, which is lit better, and there are windows out there. <laughs> okay. they um, Benjamin takes some out there, mm -hmm. and he pulls out his Kodak camera. Ooh. It's one of those tiny little versions of the accordion cameras. Yep. And he takes a picture and he tries to get like all of them in one thing excellent so you sort of spread them out why don't you roll me a photography roll see how well Ooh. this picture is going to turn out i forgot i forgot to actually roll for that okay. yeah I, I just noticed i had it and i'm like oh well add camera to inventory how do you do oh so nice. so nice. you take the picture now now you won't know until you try to develop these later but you take this picture what what Benjamin doesn't realize is when he loaded the film into the camera this morning, he didn't exactly load it properly. So he's going to find that out a little later, though, because. Nice. <laughs> maybe maybe a bit of the ash from the, the cigarette got on it or something. It might have. You might have just gotten distracted at the last minute, you know, rushing out the door. These things happen. Nice. All right. So you return the paperwork to its proper folders. Yep. Uh, they said that they uh, they had copying or like ways of copying some information. Well, they said now. that they said that they could provide you if you didn't bring something. They'll, they'll provide you with you know paper and pen if you need to write down information so that you can take it with you. So you won't yeah. you know since you can't take anything from this office. Yeah, I would ben, say that ben, um, Ben's been writing things down in his notebook the whole time, of course. Yeah, I would say Cecil always has a pencil on him, but never has paper. Because he's sort of a forgetful sort, but uh, always ha always has a pencil due to uh, old old habits. Never uh, die hard with theater. You got always have to have a pencil, so pr he'd probably go um, back to the front desk to see if he can get like some sort of legal pad or something to copy information down, especially where it comes to uh, uh, Reverend Thomas. So uh, the young lady at the front desk turns around. She kind of shuffles through a drawer, pulls out some paper, and hands it to you. Oh, here you go. Oh, it looks like I have to replenish my supply. Thank you, Gailu, ma'am. Oh, you're welcome. You're like... So he'll um, uh, go back over and um, with uh, Reverend Thomas, he's going to look for, and see if there's any other related uh, related paperwork uh, with him and the not just the Church of Population. <laughs> Someone what? walks by on the road past the open door with a dog. 
I, oh. I know that feeling of dogs interrupting on streams. It's great. Uh, <laughs> the, um, the young woman actually gets up after handing out the paper and she kind of goes off to a side sort of like storage closet with a key and kind of goes in and is shuffling around getting more supplies for the front desk. Okay. So Cecil comes back, copies down the information. Uh, you, you both sort of look around for any further information on this Reverend Michael Thomas, uh, but you don't find anything within the filing cabinets here that references him. There, it's... Can I... Go ahead. Can I look up any information on people that live nearby that, that house during oh, that time specifically? Um, sure, you can look up like the nearby addresses and things like that. Just make me a library use, use roll. Okay, just seeing, just seeing if there's. He's thinking of interviewing people, and he's seeing who to interview, mm -hmm. if they're still there. Uh, library use, not language. Right. Nice. Um, so you sort of start looking at the addresses that would be along the same street as the Corbett House, and as you pull records and things like that, what you quickly find is that at one time, a number of years ago, there were residential houses along with the Corbett house. But it seems that little by little, these properties were sold off to bigger developers. And in fact, you see like titles and deeds to where now instead of residences, the other buildings and things around this house appear to be like business buildings that have been put up. So this house is now in a very more business oriented area. It's sort of like the last holdout for a residence in that area. It's 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 that stereotypical. You got like I'm not gonna leave here, and just like this old couple, and there's just like this tiny little house in the middle of the city. It's the little old man from the movie Up. Yep. <laughs> but yes, so that that is what you find. Like as you try as you try to go through and see who might still be living there, one by one, you're like everybody on this street and the surrounding streets sold their houses to these corporations. Five they're, or six years just, ago. They're just random corporations and stuff. They're not owned all by the same person or anything. No, there's there's a couple that have like more than one piece of the property, but it's various ones that have sort of bought them up and then have developed them into business centers. Okay. May or may not have the red string back at um back in the office. Mm. Just want to make sure it's none of those pins, you know? Hey, you know, you never know. <laughs> if you all see right. if you see uh the what the Pinkerton name, then you better <laughs> Be really curious. Pinkertons are a big deal. So is going to look into um, the. Uh, I think the thing that he was going to be uh, most interested in looking at was the original. Like, if there are any sort of um, like the the original documents for uh, any blueprints, the the original deed of like when it was built, who built it, for that address. So. Make me a library use roll. If we fumble, does the place catch on fire? It um, might. You never know. You might drop that <laughs> cigarette in a drawer, and as you leave, the whole building goes up behind you like, what? No. Uh, so looking through, um, so you do find some references to, um, there's a merchant named uh, Phillips who appears to have developed... Uh, various houses in the early 1800s um, this house being one of them and there is sort of a, a floor plan sketch not not very detailed but it looks like it, it's a two-story house um, main floor is you know the general living room dining room notes to it, it looks like it's got some storage rooms on the first floor upstairs bedrooms bathroom and downstairs has uh, a basement with storage but it's just like a generic sketch property's not too big you know it's got a small front yard that kind of sits close to the main street and then the backyard's a little bigger from what you can tell you said the merchant named phillips phillips mm -hmm. and uh So who, uh, would he have been the first owner or was he just the builder? It looks like, according to these, that he built it and was the first owner. Uh, but then there is a, a record of sale for within the year of him building it to Mr. Corbett. Okay. Mm-hmm.
um, after you figure all that out, I presume, um, Benjamin, just kind of like this slight knock on the side of the desk that you got all the stuff on. It's like, hey, it's getting pretty late. We should probably meet back up with them. Good point. Got to get there before, uh, before they start getting a little worried. Before Katie closes up for the day. <laughs> <laughs> little do we know she's open 24-7. She just drinks coffee constantly. Mm-hmm. Only her favorites can come in 24-7, though. Otherwise, get the heck out. <laughs> yes. So, you collect your things, you put the records back where they go, and as you're leaving, the woman at the front desk says, Did you find everything you needed? Absolutely. Thank you for having me for your help. Oh, I'm so glad. If you need any more help, um, I'm here most weeks. Um, I have vacation coming up in a couple weeks, but otherwise I'm here. Alright, what was your name again? Oh, I'm Cecilia. Nice to meet you. I'm Sassy. Hi. <laughs> Did you spell that? Huh? So, uh, Cecilia is C E C I L I A. Cecilia? Thanks, ma'am. And then he walks up. Sure. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye, Cecil. So, you take the, uh, the trolley back. And head back to Katie's coffee shop. Ding, ding. As you enter, you see Lavinia and Coraline have also arrived back from their trip to the library. There are some delicious looking muffins set up on the table. As if Katie knew you were all coming back. Ben Benjamin grabs a muffin, takes a bite out of it and says, so what's the scoop? Well, we did find some interesting things. How about y'all? You were gone quite a while. Great. <clears throat> Swallows the bite. Found some stuff about this Walter Corbett fella. Apparently in his last will and testament, he wanted to be buried in the basement. You know, we found that out too. Funny you should say that. Yeah, yeah, you sit down and you eat that muffin. How about that? We already had ours. So Yeah, you find anything about uh, Reverend Thomas? No Reverend Thomas, but we did find out the neighbors absolutely did not like Mr. Corbett, did they, Lavinia? No, not at all. They apparently sued him twice. Possibly hmm. once posthumous. Posthumous. Gosh. Katie walks That's by wrong. the table, drops off a coffee, and goes posthumously and keeps walking. Yeah. I don't know why that was so difficult. Because it's words can be hard. I write words for a living. They shouldn't <laughs> be that hard. Right. Writing's different than speaking, though. This is true. My tongue's not involved when we're writing them. I mean, my, mine stick, sticks out a little when I'm thinking real hard and writing real fast. You know, I wonder if this is some of that mysterious and auspicious behavior, us talking of our tongues and writing at the same time. Hmm. You see, that's what the neighbors didn't like. They said that Mr. What? Corbett was a very mysterious and auspicious behavior. Hmm. That is literally what they sued the man for. They tried to get him thrown out of his house. Any well, idea where the neighbors tried, aren't? Tried to get him to not be buried in the basement. Well, that was the second time. Any idea where these uh, neighbors are now? Because they're definitely not there anymore. All the places around the house got bought out. Didn't have a name. All we just found was this little scrap of thing that referenced it, but we sussed it out. Hmm. Quite peculiar. That's what I said. We also, let's see, there was something else. What was it? Um... It was oh, built, yes. built in the 1800s. It was the builder felt fell ill and sold, or the merchant fell ill and sold it. That's right. That's right. He was a merchant. And he died in 1866. Well, that wasn't the merchant died in 1866. No. That was Corbett died in 1866. Mr. Corbett died. Right. Yes. Hmm. The library is just full of knowledge if you know where to look. Did you find anything about... um? Well, this wouldn't be really much of a connection from your end, but apparently he had a priest named Reverend Thomas, part of some chapel of greater secrets of some kind. Police got closed out. Apparently, uh, police were involved. Dr. Thomas, is that any relation to you? Dr. Thomas? 
no, 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 no. Cecil, our friend Cecil. His last name is Thomas. He's a professor. He's got his PhD. Therefore, I called him doctor because I'm polite. Benjamin squints his eyes at you and looks at you suspiciously and writes your name down. <laughs> I much appreciate the respect, Lavinia. Um, you know, Thomas is a, it's a rather common name, and I don't remember having any sort of distant relative named Michael. Cecil oh. Thomas, new suspect. <laughs> so maybe I'll have to look into some uh, some of the personal records for uh, Mr. Thomas, see if I have any connection with it. But uh, we, we certainly need to look into his involvement with the Chapel of Contemplation and potential criminal activity. Sounds so like one of those crazy cultists too, Haas. A little bit. So maybe no, the neighbors were wrong. I, I got that. I was right about this. <laughs> maybe right, right, right about what? Right about what? Well, if he was doing voodoo, hoodoo, cult stuff in the basement, that was our thought. Didn't want him buried there, and or didn't want him doing that stuff, so they sued him. This maybe is, of if course, he all speculation, but that's. But from what we saw, you know, that mysterious and auspicious and burying in the basement, and it just didn't fit unless it was something occult. You make a very fair point. Perhaps in the perhaps in the morning we can look up more about this uh, church. Why don't we just go to the house? He did say, you know, he needed the information rather quickly and said we'd probably find a lot of information there. I mean, we don't have to go right right this minute, but I don't know that the book, the library, or the Hall of Records is going to have any more info, any better information than what we can find in the house itself. And Katie Perhaps didn't make these muffins for us. <laughs> oh, I was just thinking maybe we could find out more about whatever this cookie religion he worshipped. Maybe we could find new more Ooh, about that than we would know cookies. where to look in the house. I look over to see if Katie has any cookies at the counter. <laughs> She's already standing behind you with a plate of cookies, a variety like oatmeal raisin chocolate chip. I Academia. do so love you, Katie. Poor line, you're going to spend that $25 advance on cake and cookies? Oh, no, this is my money. This this is my own. I wouldn't ever put my, my sweet tooth on your bill. I promise you don't want that. I mean, I would rather use the $25 for like materials to solve this mystery. Well, you know, the $25 is still just right here. We can use it for whatever we need. All right. So I okay. guess, are, are we going to the house in the morning? Or are we uh -huh. going right now? That, sound, that sounds like a good idea. We'll do it in, in the morning. morning. Uh, we might want to drop by the uh, police department records division, see if they have uh, any, any more information left on this uh, criminal activity with the Chapel of Contemplation. That's what I was thinking of doing before calling in the day. If, All right. They should still be open. Day. Yeah. And you know, it's really odd. We didn't see anything about any tragedies mentioned or anything. I mean, a lawsuit can be horrific, but that's certainly not a tragedy. Coraline, mm -hmm. roll me an intelligence roll. Uh-oh. I mean, it's fine. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, no. I accidentally closed my character sheet looking at y'all. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, just like a robot android. Just do. Lunch over. Okay, and you said a witch roll? An intelligence roll. We're going to treat okay. this as an ideal roll. Excellent. So as a reporter who oh, no. has worked in We've the field here. for a long time, mentioning this idea of you haven't seen anything about tragedies, you're very familiar with in the newspaper. It's called the morgue. It's in the basement, and it's where they keep all of their old stories and things filed away. So if there are stories and things like that, you know that the best place to find them would be to visit the morgue at the local newspaper. In this case, possibly the Boston Globe, since you work in the field. You know, y'all, when I get stuck like this, the coroner's a mighty sweet person and you, we can get a good bit of information from them. Well, this isn't like the hospital morgue. The morgue is literally what the newspaper calls their file room where all the oh, dead, even better. where all the dead stories have gone. 
You oh do, man, imagine if they just went had a literal morgue for these. How is like, that somehow more morbid? Actual morgue. Yeah, that's you, like even more morbid. You pull them out, it's like little paper bodies. You know. Now, what both Coraline and Lavinia know, having you know worked at the Globe in various newspapers, you do know that at the Globe, the one in charge of the morgue, his name is Artie Wilmot, and Artie is a bit of a blowhard like he is one of those guys who has no real power out in the world so he takes any kind of power position he gets to like a high high degree and he is in control of who gets to go down and see the old records and who doesn't and he's very picky about who so how you, late do, you do how know late, that how late does he work um, well, he usually works day shift, probably nine to five, unless something's going on. What time is it now? Well, now you were at the library. It's probably more like four, three, four in the afternoon. You spent most of the day kind of doing some research and hitting the streets. Because I say, and I'm looking at, at Coraline, I say we break in. Then we don't need his approval. You know... I've never much cared for Marty anyway. So if we can go without having to see him, I'd be right on board with that. Um, I mean, I, 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 I have a like, Shh, And he like looks around. How many people are around us in this public place? Um, There's probably about maybe four people right now. It's not really the end of the workday yet. It's maybe like mostly students possibly more than other business types. If one of you can cover me, I can pick the lock. Oh. Let's go, because I'm good at sneaking. That's about it. Let's go. Are you I can, on uh, I can provide some distraction. I do so like it. And Excuse I kind of put my arm there. Shall we go? Let's go. Now, I will say, Benjamin, you mentioned, our, and I think Cecil mentioned it too, the, the court offices, the police mm -hmm. station, mm -hmm. uh, those would be on the way to the Boston Globe. And they'd, yeah. still be, they'd still be open until probably five or six. So uh, if you wanted to make a pit stop, you could stop. We should probably stop there and then go just to give Artie enough time to get out of Dodge. Well, we don't need to worry about the Globe being open now, do we? Their doors do revolve 24-7. Well. To the police station, then. Yep. Exit. Stage left. Sorry. <laughs> We're going to say goodnight. Thank you, everyone who watches and who watches later on. And eventually, this will go up on podcast form, too, because why not? We like podcasts. Um, so everyone take Podcasts care. Are fun. They are fun. And thank you all again. I had such a good time. Thank you for joining us for our Uncanny Adventures podcast. Come back next time to continue our adventures.